Back with you. Time for uh, Plain Politics, this partnership between the station, WCC Radio, and the Star Tribune Editorial Board. Patricia Lopez, Pat Lopez, and John Rash today, both on the Center Point Energy Home Service Plus Hotline. Always a pleasure. John, I'll start with you. It was about 24 hours ago when AP put out a story, and I'll just read the first graph. Disputing President Donald Trump's persistent, baseless claims, Attorney General William Barr declared the U.S. Justice Department has uncovered no evidence of widespread voter fraud that could change the outcome of the 2020 election. What was your reaction at the time, and what is the impact going forward from what Barr had to say? The reaction is that this is what an attorney general should do. And in previous presidential administrations, Republican and Democrat, what we would expect them to do. Certainly, in general, they're partisans. They're people who have been close to the president and certainly appointed by them, but confirmed by the Senate and don't act as the president's personal attorney, as it appears Attorney General Barr did several times during the Mueller investigation. And this is the type of clarification that the Justice Department and the Attorney General should be leaning forward with. And this comes after, of course, how it appeared that Attorney General Barr put his thumb on the scale on several pre-election decisions and some dynamics after the election in terms of investigating fraud. So it is indeed welcome and appropriate that he came forward and said that the Justice Department hasn't found any fraud at this point. It certainly didn't go over well. My sense is with the president and not with his supporters. Uh, The attorney general was excoriated on social media and on conservative news sites, including cable news networks. But he's doing what he should do as a public servant, and I think it's a service to the public. Same question to you, Pat. Well, I don't know how much credit I'm prepared to give Bill Barr for doing literally the bare minimum. Uh, but John is right. He did um, at least come forward and say what uh, most Republicans are still unwilling to say, which is there is no evidence um, to the fraud allegations that the president and his legal team, and I use that phrase of quotes around it, uh, have been making. And um, this has been case after case after case that they've lost now. I think at this point, Barr is simply stating the obvious. However, I do think he made an important statement when he said that too often people are looking to the Justice Department as a default to sort of fix whatever um, issue they have going on, uh, much in the same way that the courts are being used. And um, that is an important principle that needs to be reaffirmed. And I think in that case, he was pretty much speaking to an audience of one and perhaps letting the president know that the Justice Department of the United States is not going to be his personal, is not going to serve as his personal, um, you know, vengeance force uh, investigating whatever specious claim he makes just because he makes it. Um, Maybe it's the beginning of uh, accepting the outcome of an election that is now a month old. Let's, uh, Let's talk pardons. I'll start with you, Pat. Um, there has been speculation about the president potentially pardoning himself for for a long time if, yeah. if he would lose. It's picked up steam. Sean Hannity, uh, the real chief of staff at the White House, encouraged the president 
to pardon himself and his kids the other day. He had the reports that Rudy Giuliani went to the president and asked for a pardon. You also have, again, the Justice Department. And I'll read from this story. The Justice Department is investigating whether there was a secret scheme to lobby White House officials for a pardon, as well as a related plot to offer a hefty political contribution in exchange for clemency, according to court documents unsealed Tuesday. Pat, which is the bigger story, and where do these stories go from here? Well, there are both huge stories, but I will say there's no need to speculate about this. One thing we know to be true about Donald Trump is that he tells you what he's going to do. He has been telling us for months now that he firmly believes he has the power to pardon himself and to issue preemptive pardons for those around him. That is well known in his circle, so it shouldn't surprise anyone that, of course, they are coming to ask him for those pardons. Um, that he would volunteer that he's considering doing it for three of his children. You know, poor Tiffany, I suppose, gets left out in the cold, um, <laughs> as always. But, um, you know, he, he believes he has this power, so we should not be surprised that he intends to exercise it. What we need to do now, I mean, most of these stories are huge. Um, you know, simply the prospect of a president pardoning himself is extraordinary. Um, the possibility of bribery for pardons, I think, is, you know, I'm, I want to see what the evidence is there, of course, but that is an, that would be an actual criminal case. So it's not a question of ranking these two. These are both extraordinary events that need a lot of our attention, and we need to find out what um, Senate, the Senate intends to do from this point on. Are they just simply going to sit back and let the president of the United States, um, you know, claim the power to pardon himself and, and every wrongdoer around him? Um, I, I think if there's accountability, it has to start there. John, how about you? Well, Patricia rightly mentioned that the focus has been on three of President Trump's four adult children. And so then it just begs the question, why do these three need preemptive pardons? And you have other children who, you know, were close to the president who, of course, have not had a pardon. You've had other presidents leave office, and there's never been any discussion, Republican or Democrat, of them even thinking about pardoning themselves. And there's also talk, of course, of a pardon for Rudy Giuliani, who has served as the president's personal attorney. It suggests culpability in some capacity if you even have to consider this, let alone try to move forward with this. And so I think that will be the political question that will be raised is if you're going to pardon the president's children, what did they do and what, do you, what kind of crime do you think that they may be charged with? And those it, are... it does more than suggest, though, doesn't it, John? I mean, it actually you can't issue a pardon without something having been done to warrant a pardon, I think. That's not to say that he can't issue a prospective pardon. The common thinking seems to be that he can. Um, it's also important to remember that he can only do this for federal offenses. It's, he has no ability to stop a state investigation into whatever, you know, may or may not have happened. So that would be another avenue to pursue if his adult children get pardons, then, as John rightly said, the big question is, what did they get a pardon for? And is there anything that's actionable on a state level? 
And it kind of sets up, Pat is quite right, that, you know, but it also sets up the dynamic where reporters responsibly should and will ask Kayleigh McEnany and administration figures and the president himself, why are you pardoning these individuals? What have they done that needs this kind of extraordinary shield? And what it'll be spun at by the president's supporters, if not the president himself, is this is the media coming after us or the witch hunt, you know, revived at this point. But those are very legitimate questions. And, you know, it, one looks back at Gerald Ford and Richard Nixon, who, you know, in, in effect, Gerald Ford came forward and pardoned President Nixon for any crimes he may specifically be accused of. Certainly Richard Nixon committed many illegal acts as have been extraordinarily well documented um, throughout his administration. And yet he didn't face any specific charges at that point. He just got a blanket pardon from President Ford, probably cost him the election, but may indeed have helped the nation healed at this point. At that point, this is not a similar dynamic when you look at the president's children and his personal attorney. So this, you know, has the chance of really turning into a really big story and deepening the divisions we have in this country that are leading right into the beginning of the Biden administration on January 20th. Yeah, right, I, have to say, I would not waste one nanosecond asking Kayleigh McEnany anything about this because all she would do is lie. That's all she's done so far. Um, there have to be other people that uh, reporters can go to to ask them um, what they do to it and tend to get to the bottom of this. It can't, it can't be the administration at this point. There's nobody left to have any credibility. Let's pause, and among our topics, when we come back, what's changed here in the state of Minnesota with uh, the budget looking better and how that will affect negotiations next year. Back with John and Pat in moments. John Rash and Pat Lopez from the Star Tribune. We continue with playing politics. I want to finish with the state budget. John, I want to start with uh, former President Obama. A lot of interviews in light of his uh, best-selling book, including one that's getting reaction. Uh, good luck, America. Part of what he had to say is political candidates lose support when they use snappy slogans and included defund the police. The key is deciding, do you want to actually get something done or, or do you want to feel good among the people you already agree with? Let's be clear. Joe Biden will be the next president in the United States. But let's also be clear. Republicans won big across this country numerous close races Republicans kept winning. I mean, it was Donald Trump who didn't allow them to win. He's not the only one who's talked about the effect of defund the police and the further left had in some areas of the country. What do you think the reaction is going to be from uh, President Obama's comments in this particular case? I think that there already has been pushback from progressives and those who favor slogans, let alone an approach like defund the police. But I think in terms of politics and policy, President Obama is right. I think that the slogan deeply hurt Democrats across the country. I can't tell you how many times in my car travels, you know, through parts of Minnesota this summer, I saw some signifier to this issue in outstate Minnesota, in northern Wisconsin, and this really resonated well beyond the city of Minneapolis, where it was initially centered on, and let alone the metro area. And it became 
a wedge issue and one used quite successfully by President Trump and by Republicans. And indeed, Tom Emmer of this state, who was in charge of the Republican um, uh, campaign in terms of the House, has spoken about how this was something that really helped a lot of the candidates that were so successful on the GOP side of the slate. So while there will be pushback against President Obama and his comments, I think that more people will agree with his analysis. The question is, will Democrats be able to agree? And one need only just look and listen to that slogan and had it come forward as reform the police as opposed to defund. It would have been a very different dynamic in terms of how the public perceived it. But once that term got out there and took hold, it had resonance on both sides of the aisle across the country and was a big factor in GOP success in this election. How about you, Pat? Well, I think um, the worst um, sin that defund the police commits is being vague and allowing itself to be manipulated in whatever way certain groups choose. Um, It doesn't accomplish what a slogan is supposed to do, which is communicate its purpose in just a few words. Um, You know, activists were set back on their heels when they had to explain that they didn't actually mean to completely defund the police. What they really meant was to shift resources around. And, you know, once you start explaining that, you've already lost. Republicans were able to zero in. I will say, you know, their message ironically probably worked best with people who are not in the middle of this situation confronting um, episodes of police violence, because that has happened more often in the cities, though not exclusively. Um, I just, you know, we keep falling for the same old dog whistles over and over again. I'm not prepared to say this was a huge factor. I don't really know yet. Um, I do know that they uh, used it. Uh, How effectively, we don't know, but certainly the numbers seem to argue that something uh, worked in their favor. That's probably at least one factor. And I think it's more important to me that we actually focus on how we want to do effective policing in this country and get away from silly slogans like defund the police or don't defund the police or reform the police and just get about the business of actually creating a smarter, more effective law enforcement system that does the things we need it to do. Pat, I got about a minute left or so. I'll finish with you. The the budget numbers are better. Mm -hmm. Down the road, they're still ominous. What happens now in getting the deal done quickly to get businesses and individuals' money, and how about for the next year? Well, this should make it easier. Um, you know, for for starters, we don't have to dig into the reserve fund to put together a package right now um, for small businesses, low-income families, people that have been disproportionately affected by uh, by COVID. So there would be no block um, to doing this now except a political one. I'm I'm hopeful that uh, all of the leaders will get together and do what Washington has been unable to do and get some help to these people. They need that bridge. Um, you know, the vaccine is now off in the horizon, but it's not here yet. And you can't, it's not enough to say open up a business. People won't go if they don't feel safe or if they're not actually safe. So um, the next week or two will uh, will tell whether this happens. There is a special session to grant another extension of emergency powers uh, for December 14th. Um, they should have a package by then. And I would hope that people across Minnesota would call their legislators and pressure them to um, lay politics aside, get a compromise package through. It's not going to be, you know, all one way or Pat, all the other. Everyone knows yep. that. I got to jump in. 
Excellent points as always, both of you. Thanks so much.